When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Bigfoot Collectors Club with Bryce and Michael. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know a ghost story or two. That's the raisin stare right there. Guys, I'm actually having a stroke. <laughs> I was like, I look like... Michael was raising the roof. Yeah, but I'm doing it like I'm in an elderly home and I'm yeah. doing my aerobics. You're like rolling from the mouth. There's a pool in uh, I'm so happy because I, I won't say anything, but... Bryce just got some awesome fucking news that we're teasing. That's oh, yeah. gonna you'll hear about eventually, and it's gonna blow your fucking mind. So that's we're all cool. in a really good mood. I'm excited. Um, hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Bigfoot Collectors Club, the show where we talk to amazing guests about their paranormal history and share stories of high strangeness. I'm your host, Michael McMillan. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> this is a great visual gag for a podcast. I should with get me that. always, <laughs> with me always is your other host, Bryce Johnson, and our super producer, Riley Bray. <laughs> Take a pause for the video. There we go. Wow. Get your blood pumping. Bigfoot oh, Collectors oh Club is back. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, our guest today is a comedian, writer, and actor, co-creator of the Emmy Award-winning web series Dicks, a regular performer at the All-Star Stand-Up Show. Put your hand together at UCBLA and co-host of the podcast He Loves Me Not. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Anna Gilchrist. Yes! Yay! Oh. Fellow Kansan as well. That's right. Oh, no well, way. I'm Missourian. Oh, that's true. Wait. Oh. We're Kansas City. I thought your family thing. lived in uh, like the like Overland Park no, area no, no, now. No, no, oh, no, no, shit. no, 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 no. Sorry. Missouri. Fellow Gosh. Kansas City. Kansas City. It's yeah. the same thing. Fair for enough. those that don't know, there's two Kansas cities. There are. It's yeah. weird. Why? We don't even no understand it. Why they do that? Why <laughs> confuse us this way? Why they do that? <laughs> to fuck with you guys. One should be yeah. called Kansas City. One should be called Missouri City. Exactly. That Easy. would make more sense. Right. Kansas City would be, no one would ever talk about no. it because all the good parts of Kansas City are in Missouri. Are in Missouri so. Sorry, everybody. Wow. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> sorry, guys. Sorry, my hometown. We're really getting into it, so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's talk Midwest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anna, how you doing? I'm great. Yeah? Yeah. You just came from a pug yeah. festival? No. <laughs> what? <laughs> I wish I came from a pug yeah. festival. No, this is called Pugs and Proseccos. There's this woman on Instagram. You should look her up. She's called the Pug Queen. She used to be a playmate at, at the I am Playboy Googling Mansion. her now. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. She started her own, like, used basically all the money that she had from being a playmate to, like, start her own pug rescue. Oh, that's and she Essentially, awesome. it's so incredible. She rescues a bunch of mostly like dogs from meat market in China, like pugs, because <gasps> oh, that's the no. huge 
huge problem over there. So like a lot of these dogs are brought over from China and they've like gone through the ringer. So she just had this event today called Pugs and Proseccos. I've had a couple of Proseccos. I'm fine and I'm not going to mess anything up. <laughs> no, awesome. But I am feeling that, good. What's a Prosecco again? What is the, in a Prosecco? It, well, Prosecco is basically like champagne, but cheaper. Right, gotcha. For poor people Sparkly. like me. Oh, it's an afternoon Spark- wine. Oh, man. It's an <laughs> afternoon wine. <laughs> it's an afternoon That sounds it's sexy. Well, mixer. mine was a morning wine. <laughs> there you so. go. Those are the best kind. The 10 a.m. Sure drink. They are. They sure are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was awesome. nice. I smell like dogs. I'm sorry. but uh, <laughs> Dogs and booze. I constantly smell like dogs having a slobber machine at oh, home. Sweet Albie. Also, we have Nova here in the studio. Not currently in the studio, but we do have our own uh, podcast dogs. Yes. So do not Wonderful. worry about it. I can't smell the smell of dogs anymore. Anyway, oh, I can't smell. Isn't it that all. your worst fear that you're walking around and people are like, "That guy smells like a fucking yeah. <laughs> like your old dog bed." Totally. Well, this happened with my last roommate. Is my dog who is very sweet and amazing. I have a very cute pitbull, Sophie. Sophie. She. I was living with my last roommate, and my dog. Like, I've let her on the couch. Like. For, since I've had her and at one point I got a text from her and she was like hey <laughs> um, I think that if we are letting animals on the couch we just like should maybe bathe them regularly like kind of smells like dog in here and I was mortified I was like I think it smells great I've got Yankee candles going I'm like everything's good in here so yeah that's my fear too yeah my uh, bulldog has destroyed my couch I need a new one oh I feel like when you're like treading gently you extend words yeah so I want to talk about yeah. something and she says like you our animals yeah, like to we, make it more like her problem too when right. it's all me yeah 100 my fault i remember uh shortly after i got my dog my friend came over and he walked in the first thing and he goes oh wow doesn't even smell like dog in here and i was like okay it definitely smells like so dog. it smells like dog <laughs> so, oh you God. hate the way my apartment smells <laughs> I won't date for at least, you know, 15 years. This is going to be great. <laughs> I'm an old dog man now. Um, all right. Before we get started fully into the world of the paranormal, we have some. Nice. On it. Basis news. What um, <laughs> Just let it happen. <laughs> So a couple says a ghost was caught on a nanny cam after scratches were found on their baby. This is a recent story. Yes. Uh, A couple weeks old now. We still call it news. Uh, This is from uh, Fox 2 Now out of St. Louis in Highland, Michigan. A Michigan couple hopes to soon be able to move out of their home which they believe is haunted. Yeah. They believe a ghost, which they say was caught on a nanny cam, scratched their baby's face, according to WXYZ. Yes. That's probably the story I should have looked up. Heather Brow and Joshua Higgins <laughs> shared the video with the TV station, which appears to show something moving in front of the baby's crib. Yeah, I saw it. It is. I've got the video, which I will show you all here Good. shortly. Oh, my God. Um, Heather uh, says, it's almost like she sees something that we don't. And now I've switched over to WXYZ to get the original story. (laughs) It's an image Heather and Josh say is haunting their home. It was chilling, Joshua said. It was literally a chill down your spine. Like, what if factor? Is this what I just saw? Caught on the I doubt they were saying it like that. <laughs> hey, I have a little, you know, artistic liberty. It's my podcast. Sure, sure, sure. Caught on the couple's nanny cam video a few weeks ago is what appears to be something moving in front of the baby crib. The couple says it appears to be a ghost. I freaked out, Brow said. <laughs> I, st- <laughs> I stopped what I was doing and I ran upstairs and grabbed my daughter. 
Heather says this so-called ghost scratched her daughter Lily and attacked her too. It scares us that it could do something else, Brow said. I mean, there was a morning I woke up and I felt like someone's hands were around my neck. It's like strangling me for sure. Yeah, like, <laughs> disgusting. This ghost is canceled. <laughs> a team of paranormal investigators came in and tried to answer some of the couple's questions and concerns. Josh's father, Jim, says it may be someone who lived in the house before. What does Jim, Jim, Jim know? That well, I, who is that? I'm going like? to put in my two cents. Advice from dad. <laughs> Maybe it was uh, a pre-resident? I don't know. <laughs> well, Jim had this to say. The gentleman that lived here originally committed suicide, apparently by jumping out this window, oh. which is one story down. <laughs> Sorry. Once? How does he know that? <laughs> Jim is a bullshit. First of all, Jim murdered that man. Jim pushed the guy out. Kicked him out. <laughs> oh, man. It's not physically just going after her. It feels like it's going after myself, too. Browson. I mean, Heather's making this all about her. Okay, I don't know. The couple says they don't know why this so-called ghost is targeting them, but they say they don't want any part of it. I couldn't get an explanation out of it. It's so freaky is what it is, Higgins said. Josh, Josh and Heather say, for now, they are staying at the home in a room together with Lily. Until they have enough money to move. That yeah. is a nightmare. Um, let's take a look at this. Uh, yeah, wait till you see this video. I, I yeah, it go, freaked go me out. I was like, I even showed my wife. I was like, you have to see this. This oh is God. like compelling video, man. Okay, I mean, in all seriousness, I feel for these people. I know totally. Yeah. At least they're smart. They're like, we're getting the fuck out. We're they, moving. That's the that's the Bryce move. Yeah, they're making yeah. the Bryce move. Move. Just, <laughs> just go. Move. Immediately yeah, you gotta move. get out. Right. You just gotta go somewhere else. All right, you'll see it here in just a moment. I love spooky shit. You got to do a little. Oh yeah, they'll do a little recap. Look, show her again. That's yeah, an, one more time. Oh yep, man. Yep, yep. I'm gonna pass it over. Okay. Ah! Ah! You see the baby standing up in her crib, and this entity just passes through frame. <laughs> One more time. Oh no! <laughs> oh my God, that's it's not, insane. It's a great that's ghost insane. video. I mean, they got an awesome v- ghost video. Oh no, that baby! That baby and got then, scratched, and then the baby shows up with like these purple scratches on its face too. Oh my! God. Uh, that they put the baby's hand up to its face, and the you know, so it's not like the baby scratched its own face because the yeah. markings yeah. didn't match. Yeah. Are we yeah. sure this isn't Jim playing a prank? This could be. Yeah. It, if All it, right, that's my new fog machine. I'm just <laughs> fucking with you guys. <laughs> No, that's it's no. just Jim with like a bag of dry I mean, ice sitting in the hallway. <laughs> I mean, wait a, for it with a small tube there. And this I made, always wanted to be a special effects artist. <laughs> I finally got my recipe down. And it, is, it works oh perfect. My God, yeah, isn't that creepy? Wow. That's so scary. Yeah. Well, that reminds me of. Did you you saw the video that I? So this is crazy because my friend who I went to high school with in uh, Kansas City, Missouri, she sent me a video. Her sister's friend was dog sitting. And she took this video of these two dogs running up to her to send to the owners. And as she pans up, a man walks by, uh. right? Like full figure of a man. And she freaks. She sent me the actual video of this that this girl took, like not a link to anything. It blew up on the internet like a year ago. Whoa. I've seen it. It's all pull it up for you. Send it. And we'll put it in the show notes of this yeah, episode. Yeah, for sure. But she, um, she calls the police. She's like, someone's in the house. She like runs out, freaks the fuck out. And then she basically like the police come. They're like, no one's in here. There's no, she'd been there the whole day. Like she showed the cops a video. No one was there. Yeah. And like, there was no sign of anyone breaking and entering. There was nothing. It is 
so scary. This video is like a full like black figure kind of like you can't see a face, but it just like walks by. Wow. Can we state now officially 64 episodes into the show? Can we come to an official BCC consensus that ghosts are real? Can we just like the... officially? <clears throat> all right. We're calling it. All right. We're yeah. having a it's BCC official. first. Yeah. We're doing this. We've proved it. <laughs> Ghosts are real. Well, put what? you're gonna put a new sound effect in right here. Oh, right here. Okay. This is a BCC first. Ghosts are real. Ghosts are real. Ghosts are real. Real as shit. We're calling it. I feel like They're that real. was like the Patterson Gimlin footage of ghosts. I mean, it was like, yeah, that's that one's intense, man. Yeah, that was crazy. Wow. And it comes with the physical evidence and the, of the of the baby and oh. creepster. Oh, gosh. God, well, okay, you're obviously scared of ghosts. Yeah. Anna, what is your personal paranormal history? I have a lot of stuff. Well, let's sit back, so... relax, enjoy our Prosecco, yeah, and come on, let's sip get, up. You're in the right get place. dip into that morning wine, everybody. That's I right. hope you're listening That's to this right. at 8 I'm loose and I'm ready. <laughs> let's do yeah. this. Well, the, okay, so I have a decent number of, like, sentimental type sort of paranormal things, and I also have some, like, spook city Bring stuff. Bring it all. We want all the whole it, bag. All of it. Yeah. So I think that, okay, this is the big one in our family this is like the craziest thing so my mom is from new orleans which we all know is, is haunted haunted yes. as hell so my mom There's grew up there three a, three capital h's <laughs> in that spelling haunted. <laughs> so we go we spent every summer there and this one summer we go i think i was like yeah so i was 12 and we go to, I forget the name of this plantation, but it is like one of the, if not the most haunted house in America, it's mm-hmm. like in the is top Is it the three. Myrtle Plantation? Yes, <laughs> yep. Myrtle Plantation. Been there. So we go through, right? And I have four brothers. And at this point, I'm, I'm the second oldest. So my three younger are pretty young. Um, and the oldest of us go through this tour. So we like go through the tour. They explain us the story, which I'm pretty sure is the Myrtle Plantation. And if you've been there, you know it. But basically the story is that uh, this family, this like very wealthy family, had a bunch of servants essentially, and um, you you want to say slaves? Because I, mean, I should say slaves. They Sorry. were slaves. Okay, no, you're right. Slaves. Sorry, <laughs> unpaid servants. I think like as I <laughs> no. about, I was about to say <laughs> no, no, slaves. No. I was like, I no, hate that like, word. And I don't want to say it. No, it's a terrible concept, but it is. But it is true. What I Important. should say. Yes, no. yes. Yeah. They had it sucks. Some fucking slaves, right? Yes. Because the South yeah. is awful. Like three miles wide or long of slave cabins yes. on the plantation. Hundred percent. So. So basically, they had slaves, and um, one I, I forget the exact beginning of this, but uh, one of them at one point was listening. She was eavesdropping on um, the uh, the head of the house, whatever, like the man. He was having some conversation. She was eavesdropping. She got caught, and as punishment, they cut her ear off. Ooh, <sighs> oh, my God. Right. Super chill. So they cut her ear it off. It fits the crime. <laughs> like, who thought Jebedi, of that punishment? Now Jebedi, they were like, right. well, Calm down, man. Eavesdrop. It's, yeah. Super gross. Very oh. biblical. So basically, this woman then has kind of this wrap Effective. around her head um, that she wears in the house, and she also has what they described as, like, they all wore these, like, not, I don't want to say it's on bonnet, but they had these, like, type, you know, hats. Okay. And so, but she had a wrap around it, too. So... 
basically this happens and she's like oh my god and by the way for anyone listening who knows really the specific story i'm so sorry if i'm kind of butchering That's okay. this. We do it all i time. just remember the vague you're on whatever. bigfoot collectors club we paraphrase all the time okay yeah. sure. so um so basically she decides so they have children um and she decides she wants to like regain their trust and this is like kind of odd to me but she's like okay for one of the kids birthdays she makes a cake for them and when she makes the cake she puts a little bit of I don't know what kind of poison or whatever it was. <laughs> She's like, this kind. is going to go great. <laughs> now, who's baking this cake? <laughs> who's baking this? She, she is, or I don't, I don't the, really. The woman who had her ear cut off? The woman who had off? her ear cut okay. off. So she does it because she wants for the kids to get sick, and she wants to regain their trust by, like, nursing them all back oh, to Oh, so she's doing, uh, like, Munchausen smart. by it's proxy. It's very Munchausen by proxy, wow. yes. So she, like, God. essentially. This whole situation was fucked. is dysfunctional <laughs> by design. No, I just want to say. It goes wrong from a, the very beginning. This is a nightmare scenario from the moment yeah. ground was broken. Terrible. <laughs> the whole thing. So she basically makes this cake and she gives it to them at their birthday. But uh-oh, the kids all die. Oh. <laughs> Whoops. Whoopsies. So somehow the kids all eat this, but like, I don't know what happens. Like the the husband and wife don't eat it. They don't die. She ends up admitting to this. She kills the kids <laughs> of the plantation owners? Yes. Right. Oh, Oops. God. Yeah. So she admits to this and they hang her. And she dies. Wow. That's I what mean, happens when you're hung. That seems inconsistent with their earlier punishment style. They should have put her in the oven and <laughs> baked her. <laughs> baked Jesus. her in a cake. <laughs> They're I, very on the nose with their punishments. Right. <laughs> I love that she admits it like she wanted to like get the whole story out. Now, what I my original plan yeah. was to regain your trust. <laughs> hear me How, out at, on this. Hear me out. Let me finish. <laughs> I might have put a little too much poison in the cake. <laughs> I thought it was LSD. <laughs> Turns out. I just wanted everyone to have a good time. Well, thank you for telling us that. We appreciate your honesty. We are get the rope. We are veer yeah. into the noose. Real dangerous territory. Yeah, here. let's uh, cut that. Yep. Sorry. No, <laughs> we're, uh, turn the rudder. Boy. Turn the rudder. So she basically, whatever. They they kill her. She dies. Um, and so the whole story of like how this plantation is is super haunted is this spirit appears often to kids to younger children and especially sick kids wow so this is a thing that a lot of children have said they've seen her not a lot of adults have seen this and she basically appears in weird ways and is like a kind ghost like isn't she she basically is like a very nurturing kind of spirit mm. so that's the backstory mm. that's important for this so we go in to this tour right oh right I forgot this was a personal yeah, you're like why are we talking about this like, oh right right so I'm you like, went here you went to this place and that's the history of the Myrtle yeah. Plantation okay great we're coming up uh, when we come back we'll have our next segment like I we work there I'm just show. trying to plug it totally so basically we go through this tour and um, one of my parents, I don't remember, I think it was my dad was with, or my mom was with my younger two siblings, David and Peter, because they were super young and they didn't go through the tour. So we all go through this tour, right? And then at the end, we all like meet back up at the car, all my parents and my brothers, and we're like, where's David? <laughs> He's not here. No no one knows where David is. Like he just disappeared. And we're all like, okay, this is the worst place to lose How a child. How old is David? David at this point is eight years old. Okay. Oof. So this is all very important. So- we end up, I stay at the car and some, I don't remember who from my family, they go and look for him. And my mom finds him out in the back, like the back of the plantation. Yeah. And he's talking to nobody. Whoa. So he's just standing there and he's talking and he's like young. He's a young kid and he's holding a flower. 
And my mom goes up to him and is like, what are you doing? And he just is like, kind of finishes this conversation he's having. And he goes with my mom. He's like, I like a vanilla frosting, but chocolate <laughs> cake. <laughs> but chocolate in the middle. Chocolate in the middle. Rainbow sprinkles. What's that, mom? Rat poison on top. Um, so he ends up following my mom and essentially says to the effect of he's talking to this woman who gave him a flower. Wow. So this is like... A, Hundred. This sounds fucking made up, but it's real. So my We've mom's already like, proven the ghosts okay, are real on this episode. We proved it, <laughs> yeah. so. all of us. Yeah. Yeah. So he, my mom's kind of like, okay, and she's like, what was he? What was she uh, saying to you? And he basically is just like, she gave me this flower, and she was just asking me how my day was. Blah 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 blah. And he comes back to the car, and he gets in, and we're all like, where were you, Dave? <laughs> like fucking the worst siblings. We're all so we're assholes to each other at this point. And he s- tells us his story, and those of us who have gone through the tour, are like, you're lying. You're making this up and we're being super mean to him about it because we're like he's definitely making this up because this is a, basically completely explains what they said happened right and he starts like crying he's like i didn't make what he's like really confused because he's like a little kid and he's telling us a story and we were like making fun of him and he didn't go on the tour he didn't go on the tour so he didn't know anything about it and then so this is what i think is crazy about this six months later he was diagnosed with leukemia oh <gasps> Which is really oh, crazy. She fuck. specifically shows up to sick children, right? Whoa. So that happens, which, so this happens. And then we move into this house in Kansas City. And David is the only one. I found this out this year. Had no idea about really? any of it. Well, I knew that story, but I didn't know about this upcoming stuff. So we move into this house and David is like having a hard time. After he's been diagnosed, he's like going to my mom and he's like, I'm hearing voices and people are talking to me all the time. And my mom is oh. like, what and she's like i don't know if this is like side she's really worried because she's like yeah. you know, side effect of leukemia yeah, right, yeah well, i mean or he, just like he's he going chemo through, yeah, he's going through oh intense gosh, chemo radiation yeah, yeah i had forgotten that your brother had gone through yeah, this yeah yeah um and it was a cra- yeah it was just a crazy time because my cousin who was eight had died six months before right. that of, oh gosh of t- cancer and so now. then david yeah so it was a crazy Ooh, everyone boy. was the house was very sensitive and very, you know, everything was yeah. really tense. Is your brother then. okay? Yes, he's today? okay. Oh, thank he's goodness. To- he survived it and, and he's doing wonderfully. Um, wow. But so he's like telling my mom and he's like, I'm just hearing these voices and people are saying my name. And my mom's like worried that he's kind of losing it. He's like, sure. She's, she's a little bit worried about like the chemo and everything and what it's doing to and him. And you also grew up, I have to sidebar, in a pretty religious yes. household. Yes. Catholic, correct? Very Catholic, which is also why it's interesting. My mom told me this and she was like, oh, no, this is real because I didn't think my mom would ever be on board with this kind of stuff. So then my mom starts hearing it. So my (gasps) mom is like, no, she. So this is crazy. You just found this out. I just found this out this year. And I which is okay. Sorry. I have so many stories, so I'll not tell all of them. But she basically um, she was at home a lot of the time. My dad was away working a lot and she was at home by herself most of the day because we'd all be in school. And she would be, and then David would be in their study because that's where he um, essentially lived when he was going through treatment and stuff. And so she would be upstairs and she would just like hear like that kind of thing. And she'd just be like, what the fuck is going on? And then at one point she hears, she's on the top. It was a three-story house. She's on the top, uh, the top floor and she just hears loud voices talking from the third, from the bottom, from the uh, first floor of the house. She hears all of these voices talking mm. and she just was like, this is, if you know my Does mom. Does she know what they're saying? She didn't tell me. I don't really know if okay. she knew. Um, but 
if you know my mom, she is just the meekest religious woman. And she really, the, when she told me this, I laughed out loud. She was like, and then I, you know, I just was, got so mad. And they just were talking. And I said, you stop messing with my kids. And she starts yelling, stop messing with my kids. And the voices all stopped. Yeah, that's wow. what she should have done. That's great. So that's kind of a crazy thing. And then I guess David continued to sort of uh, hear these things and have these like really intense night terrors at night. And a lot, and it was a lot of people saying like david like saying his name wow. to him so that's like that's really crazy that's the craziest spooky and like, that's very thing. insane mm-hmm. when did that <clears throat> subside um i think that that stopped when he started i asked him about this because i was like i had no idea this happened to you and he said that it was like basically when he i think it was pretty much when he was um finishing up chemo and he sort of was he was in high school and he was like yeah it was like around he's like i don't really remember but it was around the time that he was like graduating from high school that he stopped hearing it how long did did he suffer from leukemia he had so he was nine when he was diagnosed uh it was about seven years yeah yeah let me ask you do you think this is like something that he brought with him from that plantation or yeah i think that there's so like i'm a big ghost believer you know interest yeah so i think that there's some kind of i don't know what it is that you open up something Mm -hmm. to when you experience a thing like that and then you become readily available to it and i think that 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 spirits are sort of drawn to that so i think that there is a chance and also when you're sick you are vulnerable too and yeah Yeah, i was thinking like it almost as if like the veil is thinner the veil is thinner especially if you're dealing with something that is a death can be a deathly illness yeah Yeah. and he was there were a couple times that it in the beginning it's really remarkable that he made it through because in the beginning it was like not good so like at the very beginning it was like caught pretty late and it was really scary so like he was i think really teetering on that like you know you're really sick and when you get that sick you do get kind of closer to what death feels like i think and i think that the the barriers are sort of it's almost like you it's almost as if you know we all live on the land when we get sick we're on the beach and then you know what i mean as we get closer to death we get closer to the water i like that and then if you're in the water and you can get caught by that you're just getting closer and closer i just imagined that on like a a laminated car with footprints (laughs) in the beach you know what i mean that i use as a bookmark (laughs) i love it did you ever experience anything supernatural during this time period as a child? So I remember. So there are two things that happened. Um, I remember there was one time that I was upstairs. <laughs> I mean, this is kind of stupid, but I was upstairs on the third floor, and we had this stupid bird clock. And every hour, it was a different bird that fucking like a cuckoo <laughs> clock. Yeah, but like, but not a not just a cuckoo clock. Like it was like, and this is the robin, and be like. <laughs> <laughs> and then every time it was a different bird noise and you'd just be like god damn it like god scare the shit out clock. of you so like every number was a different bird yeah and each you bird know had a different when you song. want a lot of peace at home you put that <laughs> clock in there so i hated this clock and there was one time i was upstairs it's all like woody woodpecker <laughs> right. and, the, and the bird for the the dodo from coco puffs uh, <laughs> it's all like cereal animals yeah. <laughs> so i remember i was on the third floor one time and i hated there was always something about that clock that really freaked me out and then there was this one time it literally just went on each hour and started doing a bunch of different oh, noises. Oh, and I ran downstairs. That's I was like, horrifying. hell no. One o'clock, yeah. two o'clock, three o'clock. Like, it was insane. That is, wow. I would have thrown a baseball at that. <laughs> I was so scared of that. And then the, uh, the only other time in that house that was crazy was I was in my room 
And my room, there was like a little hallway and then it was my brother's room. And we would both, we were both in there and both the doors were open. And this was in like the dead of winter in Kansas City, which you know is like, you know, gnarly. And all the windows are closed. So there's no wind or anything. And my brother's door is open and I'm sitting on my bed. And so I can see his door like through the doorway. And out of nowhere, the door just slams shut, uh-huh. opens, Slam shut again. Oh, well, in wow. case you didn't get it the first time, <laughs> yeah, <seriously. motherfucker. laughs> I said I'm leaving. <laughs> I said good damn. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, so that was spooky. Ooh, do your parents still live in the same house? Yeah, and no more paranormal activity. I all that I kn- not Michael that has totally labeled it paranormal activity. Now <laughs> it's your house is haunted. So. Oh, it is. Is though. this up yeah. for debate? No, 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 no it it's is. not. No, it's not. All that I know is there's one room in that house I won't sleep in because. Every time I go and I try to sleep in there, I am restless and I have that feeling in my stomach that when you were a kid and you're like scared of nothing and you just are like under the covers and you uh-huh. don't want to like open your eyes, there's no reason for it. But there's a room in that house I will not sleep in. Is that God. the study that your brother was sick in? No, by but chance? it's connected to the study wow. that my brother was in. Okay. And I just won't, I don't fuck with it. I Even don't sleep in that room. The study is the study. Study. It was in the study. Yeah. Well, gosh, I'm so glad your brother's okay. Yeah. yeah no yeah. doubt about he's it. He's doing great. He's, he's great. And so. I'm glad a hellmouth didn't open in the basement of your house. I don't know. Maybe it did. Seriously. (laughs) We're not sure. If you knew my dad. (laughs) (laughs) That's for a different podcast. Um, Well, I think we will have time. If you want to stick around after we record this and you want to tell another story for a bonus that we can throw up on our Patreon, we would love that. That'd be great. Yeah. Awesome. In the meantime, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, it's time to play Bullshit or Believe It. Can't wait. Wow. All right, guys, we're back, and it's time for another edition of Bullshit or Believe It. Okay, Anna, this is a rapid-fire game. I'm going to go down a list of things. You're going to say bullshit if you don't believe in it. Believe it if you do. Okay. If it's somewhere in between, do your best. Oh, jeez. Okay? Okay. On your mark, get set, (laughs) ghosts. Oh, believe. UFOs. Believe. It. It. <laughs> Bigfoot. Tough. Bullshit. B- bullshit. Angels. Uh, tough. But b- bullshit. Gnomes. Bullshit. Fairies. Bullshit. Unicorns. Bullshit. Loch Ness monster. Bullshit. Little gray aliens. Uh, believe it. Dogman. Bullshit. Parallel universes. Oh, believe it. Shapeshifters. Believe it. Mermaids. Bullshit. Heaven. Ugh, bullshit. Hell. Bullshit. Dragons. Bullshit. Yeti. Bullshit. Elves. Bullshit. ESP. What's that? Bullshit. Believe Psychic, it. Extrasensory Oh, perception. right. Uh, believe it. Uh, thank you for using the correct terminology. Sure. Uh, chupacabra. Bullshit. Demons. Believe it. Atlantis. Bullshit. Life on other planets. Believe it. World peace. Bullshit. Peace in the multiverse. <laughs> I believe it. Yay. <laughs> good, like, believe it. Not too bad. Not too bad. Some of those I really I I don't feel like I have authority to say if well, I believe it or don't. Awesome. Let's circle back. Um, okay. Which ones are you a little gray um, on? A little gray uh, alien on. I can't. Okay, gray aliens. I do believe good. in a hundred percent. Why you why so strong? Because my roommate in college um, had dreams every single night of her life that they visited her. And oh. she was like fucked up over it and had oh, to go to wow. therapy about it. say dreams, uh-huh. uh, as a, if I'm a skeptical listener, I'm going to go, well, she had dreams. So what? She's yeah. having dreams that are memories of it happening? 
Dreams that are like, uh, if I remember correctly, like the gray, gray aliens, like coming to her where she was in bed and like taking her with them and then like showing her bad things that could happen or that would happen. That's a common theme. Oh my God. Yeah, like with her family and stuff. Yeah. And it like fucked her up and I totally, well, first of all, I just, anyone who doesn't believe in aliens can fuck off. Like, what are you doing? Come on. (laughs) That's a (laughs) t-shirt. That is a t-shirt. Ooh, make that a crop top. Anyone who doesn't believe in aliens needs to fuck (laughs) off. I love that. I mean, come on. I would totally come talk to you in a bar if you were wearing that t-shirt. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's, I think that people who don't believe in aliens are the most narcissistic people. Planet. Oh, do you know what your friend Possibly. needs to do? What? Get regressed. What is that like? What exactly is that process? So How that's do you do that? so through a licensed regressionist, which is usually someone. I think it's like a three week course Bryce. on the internet. <laughs> it's um, just Bryce. He <laughs> gave himself I'll, I'll the license. I'll, I'll, you know what? I'll do. It. I'll regress. <laughs> but they 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 take you into like a deep state of relaxation, and then they're and, and through that they're able to get at memories that might be blocked or screened. Oh. And so they they do it all the time with supposed alien abductees. Is like they take them through a what's called a hypnotic regression. Uh-huh. And through there, they're able to sort of lift the veil, as it were, and able to remember or recount details of their abduction story. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, it's insane. It sounds like your friend. I mean, you know, and that that what you were saying is like um, showing them pictures of like uh, bad things that can happen. That's a common theme in in abduction lore is like they'll take these uh, abductees to their spaceship and on like some sort of television screen, they'll show them like, you know, uh, let's, for example, like nuclear explosions uh-huh. and like and deforestation and just like stuff of like wow. you know terrible like things that are happening to like planet Earth or wow. it's insane. Um, so. How about the fact that you abducted me from my bed? <laughs> let's right. start like, there. Let's start with the bad <laughs> things there, motherfucker. Because this is already pretty bad. Because this is a violation. I'm having a terrible time. Yeah. Of an intergalactic <laughs> degree. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, is only the beginning. You're a bit hypocritical, you motherfuckers. Uh, oh man! So also, you said shapeshifters. You kind of had a reaction. What did I say? You I said, said believe. Believe it. Yeah, yeah. That's one that I'm like, I don't really know enough about it. But well, it sounds well, cool. It seems yeah, to spark your imagination. Cool yeah, I imagine it happened. Well, here's. I don't know if it has anything to do with this, but I'm big on like dimensions and stuff. Oh yeah. And that's what it made me think of, which is why I said believe it. Like, I don't know totally. if it has anything to do with that. Sure. Whatsoever. Okay. I don't know. Why can't it? No, you're in the right spot. Shapeshifters might be from other dimensions. How about that? And you definitely were big on yeah, we're moving, and you and you were definitely big on parallel universes. Oh, for sure, hundred percent. I definitely believe in that. What What leads you to that? Well, I just don't think that. We like the way that humans, if we just take us on planet Earth and what we are able to see and everything, and then we take like the universe, right? And we take the galaxy and we take all of what we don't know and everything that we can't figure out. It's like, I, I that's not enough for me to explain or to have a good reason for why I believe in it, but I just think that time is so time is a flat, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but you know, it's like there's we, I, I think that we are. To make ourselves comfortable, we put time in this box and like what we can experience is well, like this is what exists. Right, we made yeah. it up, so it's uh, yeah, yeah. I, don't I know, know what you mean. We're we're basically we're so limited by our own perceptions mm-hmm. to to mm-hmm. even observe the known universe right. and the idea that this is you know 
there has to be more to the grand structure of all right. existence. And yes, for sure. Wow. I understand. <clears throat> I understand. I'm reading a book now that would like change a lot of people's ideas on fairy and gnomes. It's a book called Trojan Feast: uh, Food Offerings of Aliens, Is this Fairies, just a softcore and porn? <laughs> no. <laughs> and Dude. where can I find it <laughs> and read it? You will love it. It's called it's, it's called Trojan Feast: uh, Food Offerings of Aliens, Fairies, and Sasquatch, and there is a total connection Porn. to like Porn. <laughs> It's written by a guy named Joshua Crutchin. I highly recommend it. Okay, it's, great. It's blowing my mind right now. Awesome. Cool. Oh, let's talk about it more. Yeah. Okay, great. We're going to take a quick break. When we well, come back, it is time for this week's story of high strangeness, led by our dear friend Bryce. And I'm glad you believe in aliens. Hell yeah. We're back, and it's time for High Strangeness. Oh, man, I'm excited about this one. Uh, you're, you're drawing up a scorecard. I'm excited. Yeah, because we're going to be keeping score here, guys. Ooh, this what, one's what a I game. What I have for a you game? today <clears throat> is six... <laughs> <laughs> is uh, six heavyweight rounds, a BCC title bout, one where you will decide the winner. So all you fans out there <laughs> the frothing at the mouth... Up. For UFO disclosure, wondering just who to trust, who to believe, who better to listen to on YouTube as you drive to Joshua Tree. Sit back, relax, <laughs> and enjoy the match. And for us here in the studio, and you the listener, what corner will you take in the Stephen Greer versus Tom DeLonge UFO heavyweight title fight? Part one. Oh God, we've never been nerdier. Uh, <laughs> and someone's pretty, been it's there. watching yes. a lot of WWE, apparently. <laughs> in the red corner, weighing in at a firm 225 pounds, but able to bench press 400, an American ufologist and retired emergency room traumatologist who founded C-SETI, the Center for the Study of Extraterrestrial Intelligence and the Disclosure Project, which seeks to disclose allegedly classified secret UFO information. Give it up for Stephen Greer! And in the blue corner, weighing in at around a... <laughs> weighing in at around a buck 95, but still able to rock those skinny jeans. Also an American ufologist, musician, author, and filmmaker, he's the lead vocalist and guitarist of the rock band Angels and Airwaves, and the co-founder of the rock band Blink-182. In 2015, he founded To the Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences, an organization for the study of UFOs and extraterrestrial Real life. Give it up for Tom DeLong. <laughs> Today's judges are the esteemed Michael McMillan, Riley Bray, and of course our special guest, Anna Gilchrist. Now, let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> Round one. Why are we talking about these dudes? Good question. Well, I'm very confused. In May 2001. Remember the time Bryce started doing all that cocaine? <laughs> it was awesome. Just remember that. This will this will have something to do with that. In 2001, Stephen Greer held a press conference at the National Press Club in Washington, D.C. that featured 20 retired Air Force, Federal Aviation Administration, and intelligence officers, an event that was hailed as breaking the floodgates open on disclosure and the government's cover-up of ETs. 
But then a few months later, 9-11 happened, and everyone seemed to forget about UFOs. Well, hold on. Sharp turn. And everyone seemed to forget about... America got dunked on. And everyone seemed to forget about UFOs and Uncle Sam's involvement. Coincidence? I think so. According to a 2002 report in the Oregon Daily Emerald, Sorry. It's true. Oh boy, Greer has gathered 120 hours of testimony from civilians and various government and military officials. You weren't ready for this today, were you? No. Uh, including astronaut Gordon Cooper and a brigadier general on the topic of UFOs. So that's round one, Stephen Greer. Now let's go to Tom in the blue corner. In 2015... I feel like I'm on a roller coaster that just keeps getting faster. Yeah, we're going to go back up. Don't worry. Tom DeLong founded To the Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences, an organization for the study of UFOs and extraterrestrial life. In 2018, Tom made headlines in the New York Times when his company released several videos of what are now known as the Tic Tac and Gimbal UFO videos, which seem to show strange UFOs caught on the gun cameras of American military jet fighters. It's the name of both my personalities. <laughs> also shocked. <laughs> what are you feeling more today, Tic Tac or Gimbal? Uh, also shocking in the expose was the fact that the Pentagon was officially studying UFOs and considered them a threat to national security. Hence the title of the program, ATIP, otherwise known as Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. And come to find out, it was headed by a man named Louis Elizondo, who ended up quitting the program because he felt his superiors didn't take the subject serious enough. Well, you know who does? That's right, Tom DeLong from Blink-182. <laughs> What's happening? So Elizondo joined his company. Take that, Pentagon. Let's go to the scorecards for round one. Mike. Who's better? Who's doing a better job at bringing the UFO topic to light and making a name for themselves along the way? I don't know where I am. <laughs> How are you scoring this round? Uh, I, didn't... I don't know any of the words you just said. I think Mike was like, crying. Am I no moving idea. too fast? I feel like I just had a fever dream. Like I'm so confused. Wait, do I have leukemia? <laughs> <laughs> Mike, round one. Steven or Tom? Who's it going to? Uh, I'm going to say Tom DeLong. Tom DeLong. How about you, Anna? Gamble. Uh, Tom. Tom. Great. How about you, Riley? It's unanimous with the judges. All right. Tom winning unanimous in round one. Let's go to round two. Okay. I'm going to try to focus in here. So, what do these guys think UFOs actually are? Tom says, good question. Tom DeLong thinks UFOs are real nuts and bolts craft piloted by extraterrestrials using their consciousness. Cool. And they've been visiting Earth and mankind from the beginning. And that essentially all religions are cargo cults. In other words, at first these UFOs create religious experiences. And then, once it has us believing different things, once it has us polarized... That's when the crashes start happening, and new war technology gets discovered, and then boom! We've blown each other sky high, leaving beautiful planet Earth all alone to be raped and pillaged. Bryce, smart. Bryce, are you going to show us a UFO after this? (laughs) (laughs) What does Steven have to say about that? Well, while Steven has a different view, 
In his humble opinion, if it's an unidentified craft that seems to be blinking its pretty lights at you and sending you telepathic love signals, then they are most definitely extraterrestrials from another planet who are here to help us evolve by raising our consciousness. Now on the other hand, if this craft and or alien spaceship is involved in something nefarious, like cattle mutilations or abductions, well then it's quite obviously not one of our star brothers. Rather, it is an ARV, or alien reproduction vehicle, a term coined by Dr. Greer himself. Basically, this means it's a UFO piloted by humans and made by a secret sinister group using stolen technology from crashed spaceships. Sneaky humans. So, who better knows just what the fuck they're talking about when it comes to UFOs? Riley? You seem to be leading this in a direction. <laughs> but I'm going to go with Tom DeLong. Tom! Round, round two for Tom. Mike? I just want to mentally prepare you for the fact that when you go home after this, your wife and children are not going to be living there anymore. <laughs> because whatever you've been going through this week has definitely driven them away. I would that agree. being said, Tom DeLong. Tom yeah. DeLong. How about you, Anna? Tom DeLong. Stephen's a nut. Okay. Yeah, clearly. There we go. Wow. Tom coming away with the first two rounds. Let's move on to round three. E.T. phone home. Okay. So now that we know what these unidentified flying objects are, how can we get in touch with them? Great question, which is exactly why Stephen Greer created the CE5 experience, otherwise known as a close encounter of the fifth kind, a human-initiated contact using meditation as well as lights and sounds. For example, while in a state <clears throat> of deep meditation, one focuses on the specific location of just where they are on planet Earth the exact place of their own town or city, and then they would just visualize their way outward, out of their country, continent, earth, solar system, galaxy, etc. Once your thoughts or mind is on the outer edges of space, you send out a signal or a thought that you would like to communicate with or summon an ET in his craft. Once you send out a clear, hey, does anyone want to play message, you then... You up? <laughs> you up? <laughs> you then reverse your visualization to coming back. Outer edges of space, Milky Way galaxy, solar system, Earth, North America, uh, Los Angeles, BCC clubhouse. Now look up, and hovering above you, you should see a UFO. Huh? Boom. You've just initiated a CE5 contact. Steven needs help. Steven needs help. <laughs> and we've just initiated multiple anxiety attacks across our <laughs> listenership. Now, just fire your laser pointer at it to begin communicating. Achievement unlocked. What? Tom says, this is a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you let the bad guys follow you home? He mentions his CE5 camping experience with none other than Dr. Stephen Greer himself, as well as a select few of others who paid the nominal fee of just a few thousand dollars. Deal. Leaving Tom to urge others not to try it. He describes a sleep paralysis experience where he heard hundreds of voices all around his tent. He closed his eyes and reported them, and two or three hours had passed. Whoa, missing time? Furthermore... The UFO phenomenon is only interested in the bad things, and it brings along with it a lot of bad things. 
But the good news is, <laughs> <Wait a minute. clears throat> these are quotes now. But the All good the news is, bad things. <laughs> UFOs, they bring. Stephen touched me in a tent. <laughs> now, when human beings feel good, feel loved, that energy is like a death nuke missile straight to the UFO. He found that out over the years, and he's been trying to understand it. But it's very complex stuff. So if you see one of these things, just fire a love missile at it, and you should be fine. Round three. What do you think, Anna? Who wins this round? Should we be talking to the ETs? First of all, is her this name's a Anna. Ba- oh, Anna. <laughs> sorry. Anna makes me feel like rich, though. First of all, who put LSD in my coffee? <laughs> That would be me. Jesus <laughs> Christ. We put a little good poison in there so you will trust that. Oh. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, like, Stephen Greer gives me the spookies. Okay. So it's going to Tom again. Back to Tom. Awesome. Riley. Uh, for the term love missile, I'm going to have to give it to Tom. Tom with love missile. Yeah. Uh, they're both losing me at this point, I have to say. Oh, 100%. Uh, but to be clear. if I have to pick one, I'm picking Tom. Yeah. Wow. Running away with this title bite. Match title bite. Title bite. <laughs> All right, let's move on to round four. Disclosure. Get ready to be punched <laughs> in your lower intestines. <laughs> okay. If all this shit is really going down, Bryce, I as a oh, taxpayer... Oh, no, he's talking to himself now. <laughs> I just threw that out. I didn't have that written down. I thought that That's what concerns me. I liked it. It was good. I as, a taxpayer, ta- I as a taxpayer should know about it. When is Uncle Sam going to really tell me everything that's going on? And better yet, when can I see those cool-ass alien bodies? Tom says... <laughs> It needs to be a slow disclosure. It's like if you have to explain to your kid what ISIS is, you wouldn't go fetch a video of a beheading from the internet. No, I would. And it's not like we can't go <laughs> drop a new- <laughs> This is what Why ISIS Why I don't is. have children. <laughs> and it's not like we can't just go drop a nuke on ISIS. They're not more powerful than us. But there's still bad news. This is actually what's been going on for Whoa. 70 is this, years. is this a direct quote? These are quotes. Oh, yes, yeah. I'm not even kidding you. <laughs> Tom said this? Yes. Oh, on boy. On his Fade to Black interview with Jimmy Church. Rough. This is actually... voting for this guy? What's been going <laughs> on for 70-some <laughs> years. a leading argument. It's figuring out strategies to comprehend and outwit before we educate. That's why Tom intends to bring about the gradual process of disclosure through his company using media. Yes, think of To The Stars Academy like a science and movie art house, revealing hard truths through cool TV shows, films, books, and t-shirts. Lots and lots of (laughs) t-shirts. Whereas Steven says, fuck that. This secret cabal of power brokers and government insiders ain't gonna tell us shit. We need to bang down the doors. We need to force disclosure by applying a systematic pressure on the government and the gatekeepers of this technology. We have the power in numbers. Not only that, this is what our star brothers want for us, to become a type 1 civilization so that we can once and for all join our intergalactic federation. So yeah, if we could just all put down our iPhones for one second and raise our consciousness already, that'd be much appreciated. Thank you. God. Okay, so you heard it here first. Anna, or Rich Anna, nice and slow disclosure. Or Tic Tac or Gamble. (laughs) (laughs) Don't forget those guys. Nice and slow disclosure, or give it to me like yesterday's news disclosure. Who are you giving this round to? I just 
hate both of them. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just gonna say a name for the sake of the game, but I wish both of them were dead. Just okay. so we're clear. <laughs> let's give, let's throw Steven a bone. Steven, all right, round four, Riley. I, actually, this round also goes to Steven. For yeah, me. and okay. also they're both sound completely insane. Okay, but there are moments though. Yeah, like I want to become a Type One civilization. Yeah, I'm sure. On board with that. Join the Galactic Federation. Yeah, sure. Galactic Cosmic. I, I, absolutely. I disagree with Steven's entire purview of the subject, uh-huh. but I d- let's yeah, let's get some answers. So I'll give it to I'm giving him a soft vote on this yeah. one. Great. Steven running away with round four. Love that. <clears throat> All right. Round five. Wait. So our uh, government thirty seven. <laughs> Am I allowed to ask how many rounds? <laughs> There's only six. a lot. There's a There's lot of <laughs> rounds. <laughs> I only have two more. Hang in. Hang in there. I'm <laughs> slinking away. <laughs> Man, I'm sorry. Melted. Uh, you can call okay, me Briss. No, I'm, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Miss Briss. Miss Briss. How long is this game? Hey, excuse me, Miss Briss. <laughs> But my cake tastes funny. <laughs> Hang in there. That LSD should be coming to the good parts. Wait. So our government and our politicians are lying to us? But I loved Obama. Tom says... Oh, no. The whole idea of the bad government or a cabal or secret space programs is dumb. We're talking about regular people that are read into classified programs and find themselves changing their pants every night, just what? like us. Because they're trying to figure out how to deal with something that is strange an and alien. crazy. He calls dressing, changing his pants. He's literally no, I will he's, change he's my he's pants. He's picking something that he thinks humans do and he's saying it. <laughs> yes. All and, humans change pants now. And lucky for us, Tom is going to help us all figure out just that. How to properly deal with something so strange and crazy. Changing our pants. And oddly enough, I'm comforted by that. Steven says... Who are you kidding, Buster? There is obviously a secret cabal of high-ranking military officers, as well as private individuals and companies who are involved in the systematic cover-up of alien visitation in their crafts, not to mention the incredible technology we have gained from these incidents. I'm talking about free energy here, people. Hello? These UAPs, or unacknowledged access projects, have siphoned trillions of dollars from us, the taxpayers, and are hell-bent on keeping all this cool-ass tech for themselves. Mike, what do you think? Are the government and Rothschilds people just like us? Who are you giving this round to? Tom. Tom. Riley? Yeah, I mean... (laughs) Tom, fine. And Anna, how about you? Tom is good. Okay. <laughs> I All I right. just don't buy the whole like evil government. Right. No, yeah. it's too much. I believe stupid government at times in our history. Right. They're not smart enough to be evil. No. So they're not. wearing pants just like us. Love it. Every night at 8 p.m. when My we change thing. our pants right. as a human race. All right, let's move on to round six, nuclear weapons. Tom says, Get them big old nukes out! As soon as we started detonating nuclear bombs, there were UFOs everywhere and every time. And there's a reason why. It's because actually... Wait, 
everywhere. Were there? And every, <laughs> everywhere, yeah. every time. Which no, were we? He's saying every time we detonate a nuclear bomb, they were there. Okay. And there's the re- here's the reason why. Okay. It's because it can actually f up those little ankle biters, and they know it. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Yeah. Is that your quote or his no? Quote? That's Tom's. I have right. that quote. He's got a way with words. I don't Mr. know when Galong. Bryce, Briz, Tom, or Steve are <laughs> I don't talking. Know who's talking. I don't know who this is. Well, then I wrote this right. <laughs> And uh, so, yeah, he's saying. Meanwhile, there is at least one listener that's like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Truth nuke. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, and even they, as advanced as they are, the UFOs, uh, they can't get away with it. The nukes make them scared. Makes you really wonder why we did so many nuclear tests, why we have so many nuclear weapons, why we do tests everywhere, in the sky and underground. Stephen says the opposite. Once we started detonating nuclear arms, the extraterrestrials became extremely concerned, not only for ourselves, but for the planet as well. Noting that we were only an ass hairs away from blowing ourselves and every other species up on this planet this so gross. sky high. <laughs> Uh, ass hairs is mine. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, it just made me start sweating. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah. Ass hairs. <laughs> And so, <laughs> fuck you guys. Bryce gets it. Bryce gets it. Mm, Bryce, you get it, baby. <laughs> oh my god. And so the ETs and their craft intervene whenever and wherever necessary, like they did in a filmed military test known as the Big Sur incident, in which a UFO approached, circled, and using four beams of light, shot down a dummy nuclear warhead in flight as it raced down range. Over the Pacific Ocean. We covered this in Jen Kirkman's first episode. What do you say, Anna? Nukes are a good thing so we can fuck up those little ankle biters? Or nukes bad? We shouldn't be playing with fire. I kind of am going with Steven on this one. All right. Nice. Yeah. Riley. Nuclear power good. Nuclear weapons bad. Just to clarify. Okay. So Steven? Can I pass? No. No. We are in this together. This is the sound of my anxiety. (laughs) Riley furiously tapping away on his sound machine. It's what's causing my anxiety. No, it's really... I'm so glad I wrote this today. Uh, Tom. All right. Oh, Tom. Tom Tom is is the peace one, right? No, no, no. Steven's the peace one. Oh, Steven is peace. Steven, Steven, Steven. Yes. Tom is like, those nukes are bad for the uh, aliens. That's why we're developing them. Is he the one that's saying we're nuking them underground currently? Is he pro-nuke, though? He's not pro-nuke. He's he's pro-nuke so that we can fuck those little ankle biters Uh, up if we need to. Okay, got it. Steven's like, no. Who's the ankle biters? I don't know what the ankle... Those are the aliens. Those are the bugs that bite your ankles? Yeah, well, he calls them the bugs. uh, The bad aliens. He's the one making them upset. So he's like Starship Trooper. (laughs) Yeah. I was focusing on scoring. Which one says that we're, we're currently blowing them up? Uh, underground. Oh, that's that's Tom. Tom. That's why we're that's yeah, why we're developing we're, them up. Steven says nuclear uh, nuclear bombs bad, and the ETs are here to like help warn us, us, like warn us and, I, and turn I, them yeah, off. Yeah, I'm on that side. I'm okay. on Steven's side yeah. on this one. Yeah. Well, that's it, guys. That's it for part one of Stephen Greer <laughs> oh, no. of ten. No, yeah, I'm going to come back with a, with the the last six rounds on another episode. Uh, the last oh. six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but let me give you the scorecard. Tom winning four rounds to Steven's two rounds. Mm. Now, how did you score it at home? Email or comment on our social media to let us know. <laughs> yeah. Cut to just, just a sea of dead bodies. Oh, my God. 
I would like Pleading to Bleeding out of their ears. I, I haven't stopped laughing at the fact that Michael referred to 9-11 as America getting tucked on. Oh god. <laughs> oh jeez. Wow. So yeah, that's uh that's the title bout title fight something. Uh, Don't talk to me like I know what it is. You, this I'm is so all, I mean, this might be your greatest moment yeah. in the yeah. entire podcast. Yeah. Awesome. I'm not going to lie. Awesome. That's very masterpiece. Yeah. All, all I know about Stephen Greer is his whole philosophy is that it's the the government is keeping... He's sort of in the Bob Lazar, but more yeah. extreme mm-hmm. camp. Uh, I watched that documentary on Netflix called Undisclosed. Unacknowledged. Unacknowledged. Yes. And um, as soon as it started cutting to pics of Alex Jones and the government lying, Joseph was like, all right, I'm, I'm out. out. Yep. Because yeah. um, his whole thing is he thinks that the government is going to stage a fake holographic UFO invasion to bring about the one world new order. Yeah. He's- Not so much holographic, but re- using real ARVs, alien reproduction vehicles. Let me sum up here for you. So basically, uh, Stephen Greer's kind of overarching philosophy is that, is that the ETs are here to help us and sort of, um, you know, get in touch with us as a peace-loving society and help us evolve our consciousness. But the government's <laughs> intercepted that tech. The government has intercepted tech and th- themselves have the technology to create and have created um, human-made UFOs, and they use them for abductions and and even cattle mutilations and stuff See, like that. you can't yeah. have it both ways. You can't be like, the aliens are great, but all the bad shit associated with aliens is government. That's what yeah. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's well, crazy time. It's yeah. conspiracy he's crazy saying, time. He's yeah. saying, you know, the American war machine is going to run out of enemies <clears throat> and that, you know, even Dwight Eisenhower said this. Uh, Clearly not you know, true. And that that's why, Clearly not that's true. why the government is sort of creating this, like, alien arms race so that you know it'll be uh uh i mean I, that eisenhower speech you're referring to about the military industrial complex is yeah. very important and yeah. could not be more relevant today i agree and i think it's scary and a huge problem and yeah. all of that but i then i don't make the jump to yeah and aliens yeah. i think he's got good intentions but they've warped their warp yeah. yeah that's what i think too yeah now tom, and I think he's tom DeLong's kind of overarching thing is that uh you know aliens have been been visiting mankind ever sense and they they are sort of polarizing us as a human species creating these religious experiences that made us you know, make us fight each other as tribal societies and that these actual aliens are in fact not good and that uh you know that the government is doing an amazing job at like you know protecting, protecting the american us. people protecting us i don't us like that yeah. that one's almost worse for me yeah. Yeah. it's all bad yeah, yeah. Well, that, was, that, that has a real kind of fascist big brother yeah, yeah for sure it's all, yeah. it's all jingoistic it's all very right wing both of it yeah. it's like extreme a yeah. little extreme on well that's yeah. why i thought i'd throw them in the ring together let them duke it out we gotta yeah. wrap it up but real quick before we go let's have a quick collector's corner bryce anything what's the, you want to recommend that book that you're reading again oh that- yeah trojan feast by joshua crutchin it, it is an it's an uh a well-composed accounts of uh of food offerings given to aliens fairies and sasquatch and food offerings taken from aliens fairies and sasquatch right, cool. and it is uh it is why it is a wild journey riley anything you're consuming right now that you want to recommend to the people yeah i just want to recommend the band black mountain we played with them oh, last awesome. night and they oh. are so righteous uh Sweet. so if you haven't heard that band check them out you will enjoy it it's awesome, awesome. Yeah. great cool. 
Anna, we like yeah. to ask our guests, is there anything you're into right now you want to pass along to the people? The only thing that I've been consumed by is the disappearance of Madeline McCann on Netflix. So that's all that I can Oh, oh shit. Really? Yes. T- uh, tell us a little bit more. Well, it's very interesting because uh, I don't know if you know anything about it, but it's basically this big case of this child who went missing in Portugal and the way that uh, the way that um, the, the Portugal police dealt with it and how they uh, essentially were in this like habit of framing parents because they didn't want to do the work and also because there's some like maybe underground sketchy shit happening with the police right. behind oh, the wow. disappearances, maybe. I don't know. It's very fascinating. Uh, yeah, it's just it's very fascinating because this girl's been missing for seven years and there are like zero clues and essentially like no one's been looking for. Her. It's crazy. Wow. I, it's very intricate. So I don't I can't really explain anything more than that. But you should check it out. Have awesome. you ever heard of David Politis and missing 411? I knew this was coming. No. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I've been gobbling this up. So David Politis is a retired police detective and um so he wrote these books called Missing 411. Anyway, Michael's giving me the wrap it up thing. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but it's about the, uh, the, the large number of people that go vanishing in the uh-huh. national parks um, and sometimes are discovered uh, in the most precarious circumstances. It's all surrounding strange, strange things. So, I mean, it is wild. What is, is that a book? Where is, where he's is written bo- books on him and he's done interviews on like coast to coast. You can like, you can like hear his actual accounts of some of these reports on YouTube. Just Google missing 411. Oh, it's I been will. a recurring oh, my theme God. on the show. Mm-hmm. I will. I'm very fascinated by that. Well, then you, the that's why I recommend it. I think yeah. you'll love it. It cool. is eerie and creepy Ooh, weird. and uh, it is strange to say the least. Great. Anyway, Anna, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me. My Instagram handle is Anna Gilchrist fourteen. My Twitter is at Anna Gilchrist, um, and then YouTube is Anna Gilchrist as well. And great. if you want to see my website, it's AnnaGilchrist dot com. Okay, nice. great. Are you doing any upcoming shows? This is uh, we're second week of April. Uh, I have comedy store next month. Uh, we can put up the. I'll, yes, I'll send it to you because okay, I literally never remember any. It'll be in our everything. show notes for sure. Perfect. All right, everybody. Thank you so much, Patreon listeners thank you for your support stick around we're gonna have another quick bonus episode uh with anna she's gonna tell us another story the rest of you guys thank you so much for listening to the show we will see you back here next week we love you peace Bigfoot Collectors Club is produced by Riley Bray. Our theme song is Come Alone by Sun Eaters, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It really helps get the podcast to more listeners. To support the show, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash Bigfoot Collectors Club and unlock multiple reward episodes every month. Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their cases had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible. And if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. 
Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts.